let's uh let's kick this this puppy off hey everyone welcome to another episode of the early days podcast where we interview founders that are in the thick of building startups at the earliest stages today i have with me match golnick who is one of the co-founders of pepper the social cookbook uh matt was a former competitor to mine and without further ado Let's kick it off. Matt, tell, tell everyone about yourself. Thanks so much, Brian. Not competitors, just working in, on cool things in the same space. Um, so thanks again for having me on. My name is Matt Skolnick. I am the co-founder and COO of Pepper. I graduated from Penn State in 2019 with an accounting degree, originally from Jersey, about 45 minutes outside of New York City, where I currently live. I went and got my master's of accounting at Rutgers in New Jersey after college. And I then started in the M&A group at Deloitte in January of 2020, where I've been working there for almost two years and kind of working on Pepper uh, for the last year and a half. So definitely has been crazy juggling both of those. But, um, you know, I think that it has definitely taught me a lot of good lessons, specifically around time management, just kind of balancing both of those where in jersey are you from i'm from jersey too okay so i'm from mountainside it's a really small town right next to westfield summit scotch plains what about you gotcha i'm from tenafly okay cool bergen county so tell everybody what is pepper and how exactly did it start yeah yeah so pepper is the social cooking app to create share and discover food with family and friends. We kind of realized that people love posting food content across every social media, right? Whether it's Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, but none of these platforms actually provide the tools to enhance your culinary experience, right? These are horizontal social platforms that are not focused on any specific interest, but rather just kind of humans in general. And my co-founder, who is one of my best friends from growing up, Jake Ahrenskind, and I kind of one day in the summer of 2019, uh, were having a conversation where I basically showed him this group mate that I had been added to with a bunch of my college friends, where we would all post what we were cooking. And someone would post something, and then five people would kind of ask questions about the dish. Oh, how long do I cook this in the oven for? Oh, what do you like to season your steak with? And what we realized, what, what the light bulb that kind of went off in that conversation was that these platforms were great for kind of posting a picture and maybe the title of, of your food dish, but they didn't really help you actually cook it. And so we kind of looked at these other platforms. We were big fans at the time of Strava, the social exercise app, Goodreads, the social reading app. And what made these platforms so special was that they not only provided the social and the community, but they really provided tools to enhance your experience. And so it really just led to this conversation that night. And that kind of led, you know, the next couple of weeks and months into this conversation about how is there no vertical platform around cooking and food. Um, and kind of fast forward to uh, COVID hits, right? We both get sent home from our jobs. We're back in Jersey and we're like, remember that idea that we had for a social cooking app, community tools to help you in the kitchen? Like we're all home. Now's the time to, to actually do this. And, and we decided to take the first step forward really in like the spring of 2020. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. That's kind of how, uh, how much shaped up uh, 
my my partner at the time, Josh, um, was launching the company regardless. And my start date for consulting got pushed back six months because of COVID. I'm like, how much Call of Duty can I really play? Like, let's be real here. <laughs> um, so I started helping out just as a friend and then was brought out, uh, brought on as a co-founder. But um, I, I'm sure you, I'm sure you get this too, but have you gotten much, much deeper and more passionate about cooking having like now that you're working on it, you feel like there's incentive to kind of give it your all? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that what really is special about Pepper is that my personal cooking journey really started when I saw what my friends were cooking and when I was added to this group me. Like in college, I made super average dishes and I really only cooked my senior year because sophomore uh, and junior year, I was living in a fraternity house. And so my own cooking journey really started after college when I was home doing my master's program and I was in this group me. And for the first time, I really felt a connection to cooking. And I was like, oh, wait, I can cook what I can cook something really similar to what my friends made. And if my friend John made it, then I could probably make it. Whereas I never felt a connection to something like the New York Times cooking or these other recipe apps with kind of like more famous chefs. Those dishes always felt really complex to me. But to your point, like, you're right. Over the last year and a half, you know, I'm actually about to finish the Anthony Bourdain Kitchen Confidential book. And I just have found it so fascinating learning about food and cooking and the culinary world because I am still very new to, you know, kind of this industry and world. But it, to me, is just, you know, the coolest thing. There's so much to learn. And, I, and I've really just enjoyed diving in over the last year and a half. Yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. Uh, tell me about the early stages. So you and Jake decide, you know, you're home for, you're home for COVID. Uh, you can't really do much. You're going to start building out this app. How did you actually go about doing it? Yeah, so the first step um, before we kind of went into any type of development was what what is this thing actually going to look like? And I actually... We still have the first designs that we made. Um, they're actually in an article on our blog also, if anyone wants to check them out. But we kind of just thought about like, okay, what does this app actually look like? And, you know, feed, explore, upload post, notifications, and profile. And we kind of drew it out literally on index cards with a pencil. And from there, we were really fortunate to have a connection to a company that specialized in MVPs, but really like V1s. Like this was literally, they were going to create kind of the outline of the app um, using some really basic code. And so we connected with him, we sent him the designs and they sent us back um, kind of, you know, a real version of our designs. And that was really the first time that like I could hold, you know, something in my hand that really represented the early stages. And so we went from working with this V1 company to then trying to find developers. So Jake Jake was a computer science uh, minor at Vanderbilt. I uh, do not have a technical background. So we kind of immediately knew that we were gonna need to, to find someone that had experience with iOS development. We put out a couple of requests uh, on a couple of different platforms. And this one company responded within 24 hours uh, to Palo Media. They've made apps like iHeartMedia, Discovery Go, Grailed, TimeHop. And the first time that we spoke to their founder, uh, a guy by the name of Boon Chu, 
we knew that we were going to be partners in this. You know, he really saw the vision. He saw what was missing in the market. And most importantly, he just believed in the idea. And I think that's kind of been a theme about the people that we work with, the people that have joined the team, is that we want to work with people who believe um, in our vision, you know, of, of making people feel more comfortable in the kitchen and making you kind of feel more connected to cooking and food by seeing what those around you are making. So we've been partners uh, with Boone and his team for the last year and a half. And over the last two to three months, we've kind of transitioned uh, more to in-house development. And we're still working with Boone and his team, but kind of over time, we're, we're working towards bringing that in-house. It's great to hear uh, a, a winning story uh, involving dev shops because I've heard I've heard so many horror stories and that's actually one of the reasons that my uh, my partner Josh ended up teaching himself how to code. He was like, okay, I could shell out all this money for uh, a dev shop to build an, an MVP, yeah. but I have no way of guaranteeing that it's going to actually be what I want it to be. So why don't I just put in the time and effort right now? teach myself how to code. I'll do all the development stuff so that it's really exactly how I want it to be. And it's amazing to hear that you guys had kind of the, uh, the exception to the rule where, you know, a lot of VCs always say, Absolutely, just yeah. do, do the work, uh, build it yourselves. Don't, don't waste time with like some overseas dev shop. Um, so it, it's, it's great to hear that. Um, so when you went from, you know, this original V1 to, um, I'm, I'm, was that your beta version or was kind of a V2 the beta version? The V2 was more the beta. I mean, this was literally like a non-functional, just kind of taking our designs and, and you know, getting them onto, um, you know, something that we could at least like play around with. And But most importantly was like show our friends and family, right? Like we had basically since we had initially talked about the idea in 2019, you know, the second half of 2019 into the start of 2020, like Jake and I just continued to talk to people about how do you find what to cook? Like what tools, what apps are you using to kind of help you in the kitchen? And once we had that thing in our hand, that was really a way for us to go back to all of those people and say like, what do you think about this? You know, is this something that you feel comfortable using? Is this something that you would find useful? Just really continuing to get feedback. And I think that that's something that, you know, we continue to do until this day, right? Like we're still hosting weekly focus groups where we're hearing about, you know, people's experiences with other apps, the types of things that they really um, are having trouble with in the kitchen and, you know, just kind of taking that and then figuring out, okay, how does, how can we now integrate this into our product roadmap to provide the tools to help these people? And what's been working well for you guys so far? Yeah. So Really happy to say that we are expand. We're in the process of expanding um, our engineering team, as I kind of alluded to. We brought on a head of product who is a uh, product who focuses right now on product marketing at Quick. That's his day job. We hired a head of engineering, Sam, uh, who is bringing on two senior engineers and a QA with him. So really just bringing like process around our product development over the last three months has been really important because at the beginning, right, it's, it was really hard. We were kind of coming up with ideas on the fly, coming up with designs on the fly, and then kind of having like a one to two month product roadmap. But with Lior, our head of product, he's really brought a ton of process around how we do sprints and how we have the designs before we hand it off to engineering. And so Really, really happy with how things are going on the engineering front. 
super, super grateful. I want to take this time to shout out everyone on that team. Eli, Sam, Lior, and Dimitro um, have just been absolutely crushing it. And we're about to enter a phase where, you know, our development is going to be the fastest that it's ever been, right? We're just bringing on um, more people, super smart people, people that understand how product development is supposed to go. Um, so that's kind of on the engineering side. And then on kind of the user acquisition side, a lot uh, has been going well, really just working with creators. I mean, it's no secret that, you know, working with creators in a genuine way where we basically have them use Pepper. And if they feel that Pepper is something that would benefit their community, that is when we'll kind of move forward with a relationship, whether it's sponsoring a competition and giving away merch or a gift card or cast iron skill to their community or sending them a, a merch package. Um, but really just working with creators uh, in a way that is natural, right? Like we don't really believe in like, okay, I'm just going to pay you to make a video. No, check out our platform. If you feel that it's cool and it's something that your audience would would really benefit from, then we can talk about a relationship. So those are kind of the, the two things that um, have kind of carried this momentum uh, until today, which I guess I'll, I'll use this as the place to announce that. Brian, you might have seen on Twitter, but we actually crossed 10,000 downloads today uh, since our September 4th launch on the iOS App Store. So super exciting that we've had this momentum uh, over the last three months. Congratulations. I did. I did, in fact, see that on Twitter as uh, like, <laughs> Thank you, like half my day spent on Twitter just scrolling through stuff. Um, yeah, so so lo yeah. looking forward to the next few months, what's your goal? Like what, what is the milestone you guys are looking to accomplish right now that you're kind of in the thick of? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So on the engineering side, it's, you know, continue to execute on our product roadmap and continue to have the next 12, 18 months, um, you know, really just all mapped out in terms of design and what kind of, what, just making sure that that process is smooth. Um, on the product front, realistically, you know, we want to continue to add to our engineering team. You know, we're talking to some machine learning engineers, um, you know, just really kind of accelerating our product development because we feel that is what will separate us is our ability to understand what users are saying and quickly turn that um, into, you know, features on the app. Uh, continuing to, you know, increase retention. That's obviously a massive focus of us, you know, not going to give any specific numbers, but our retention to this point has been strong, but we really just want to continue to increase it. And we have, you know, three or four pretty large updates coming over the next couple months that we feel will really increase our retention. Um, kind of over the next, you know, six to 12 months, build out some of our uh, revenue generating capabilities within the app. Again, not going to get into specifics, can't can't tip our hat too much. Um, and those are those are kind of like the biggest things. You know, I think a lot of it really does revolve around product. Um, you know, we'll continue to work on user acquisition, but having some success really just through our own social channels, you know, pumping out TikToks and uh, and working with creators has has been uh, treating us well so far. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember uh, when I when I first uh, first messaged you on Slack, I was mentioning how in our experience, there was um, a big buy in factor uh, retention wise from the users that had made a post on our product. And then the retention going going down the line, it was it was 
very, very different than, you know, the, the usual lurkers that will be the vast majority of users on, on a platform. Have you guys noticed a significant difference in the retention between your, the users that have made a post and the ones that haven't? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's in uh, Brian, a, a great book. I'm not sure if you've read it hooked by near all it's literally just read it like two months, two months ago. And uh, yeah, continue. There you go. There you go. I, I just had my co-founder read it um, because I thought it was so good. And I remember the story about Twitter where they had this statistic that, you know, users were X amount more likely to be weekly active users if they had tweeted seven times. And so then Twitter said, okay, we are going to gamify this until you get to seven tweets. And so, you know, I think that hooked is like a really good example of you want to get people to buy in kind of like you mentioned, you know, so we are working on things where we're really pushing people to make that first post. It's like, if you uh, order, you know, let's say a new desk from Amazon and you have someone build it for you, you're, you're probably, you're still going to use the desk, but maybe, you know, you're not, you know, going to really appreciate that desk and invest in that desk. But if you spend the time building it for two, three hours, you're going to have much more investment in that desk. And I think that it's the same. It's like, if you make your first, second, third post on Pepper, you're investing time in it. You're much more likely to come back a week to four weeks later, because you now have, you know, your recipes, your dishes, you know, it, it is, it, it starts becoming your digital cookbook. And once you invest in that, you're much more likely to say, oh, I want to have my friend on this. Oh, I want to keep coming back to this. Yeah. And what's the biggest hurdle you guys have in front of you right now? Like what's something you guys need help with that? Yeah. Moment? You know, I think it mainly probably revolves around like low cost exposure. And, you know, to that, Brian, I'm super grateful again for you having us on. It's, you know, podcasts like this or, or media publications that have covered our story that have really helped us and propelled us to where we are today. Um, we are very careful about where we spend our user acquisition dollars and, you know, not really wanting to spend um, crazily or really anything on on PR right now. You know, we're just really heads down on product and on kind of creating content through our social. So low cost exposure is probably our biggest thing. And Brian, again, man, I'm just just super thankful that you thought of me to to come on. Of course, man. Of course. I mean, that was the whole idea behind this. You know, I, I left left Munch. Was like, all right, I'm probably going to need to find a job. What am I going to do in the interim? Hmm. I asked a bunch of founder friends, you know, what, what are you guys struggling with? Like what's kind of the most annoying part. And, um, a bunch of them said, you know, getting press, getting exposure. So I thought to myself, okay, how was our experience at Munch in terms of getting press? And we struggled to get any. So I figured, okay, why not just make it like what, like, why not just do it myself? So I'm sure. that kind of, that, that kind Absolutely. of spurred this and, um, is kind of the genesis behind the first guests that I've had on the podcast are all people that uh, I know or have known, or I feel like I have some insight into the way their product works, where I can kind of ask the right questions and uh, give people who might be looking at starting starting a company a closer look onto what it's actually like while you're in the weeds in the very early stages. No, completely. And like podcasts are fun, man. They're just like, it's just, I just love talking to you know, cool people and hearing people's stories, you know, I think you can just learn so much um, from other people. And like we were talking about earlier with Twitter and 
just there's so many resources nowadays and i hope that for the people listening you know you can you know see that an accounting major from penn state went on to to create a startup you know if you believe in what you're doing and i think it's really important brian like i started pepper because i wanted something like pepper and i know that they always say like you know it, the startup journey is a lot easier if you are the you are you know a potential user of the product right because i was the one that faced problems of what am i going to cook tonight i was the one that faced problems of finding simple recipes i was really uninspired in the kitchen and so it makes it you know that really serves as my motivation every day is like I know that other people are facing this problem. And I think that it's a great piece of advice, like solve a problem of something that you personally face and your motivation, you know, will just skyrocket because you you not only want to solve it for yourself, but also for, you know, all the other people that are similarly facing it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. That's, that's a large part of how how much was created, how, now pepper and uh, a bunch of products that I've been I've been toying around with over the past few months. Um, I wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, this has been an absolutely incredible episode, given especially given how similar the product that I was working on and pepper are at at heart. You know, we're trying to get people to eat better, uh, have a better experience when it comes to eating food right. and making it social. Um, so on that note, that wraps up this episode of the early days podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, Brian. Really appreciate it. Quick shout out. If this makes it into the end, just want to give credit to my team. You know, these people are a pleasure to work with every day. And, you know, I'm so grateful uh, to have every pepper team member on here and grateful Brian for you, for, you know, all the advice that you've given me and for having me on. So thank you. Of course, no problem. And uh, where can people find you? People can find me on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, on Twitter. I'm Skolnick underscore, pretty hard to spell, S-C-H-K-O-L-N-I-C-K underscore Instagram, Matt underscore Skolnick. Um, and shoot me an email if you have any questions, any feedback, matt at peppertheapp.com.